Morning Bridge, how y'all doing this morning? Good? Good. Well, I'm Pastor Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridge, and thank you so much for joining us today, whether you're in person or online this morning. Um, Thank you so much for being here. We're excited that you are joining us for a brisk, cold Sunday morning in eastern PA, right? Like, holy cow. Took my dog out this morning, and it was 14 degrees. I'm going to talk about waking you up real quick when you're in shorts and a t-shirt. So, uh, bad decision. Um, but, yeah, it was nice and, nice and cool. Um, but anyhow, uh, this morning we are uh, in our series called Rooted, and we're looking at the book of Romans. And uh, this morning we're going to be in Romans 8. So if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans 8, Romans chapter 8. And uh, as you're turning there, I, I want to say thank you so much for those of you who, uh, who have dropped notes, sent letters, dropped by the house to say, uh, or dropped off food. If many of you don't know, Christy had emergency surgery at the beginning of the month. And so, so many of you guys have, as our church family has, have gathered around us. So I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Good news is Christy's fine. Baby's fine. Christy's actually here this morning. And uh, yeah, she's doing good. She's recovering. God is faithful, right? Like, God is faithful. And so it doesn't matter what we're walking through, that, that he is faithful. And so would you continue to pray, not only for us, but also for Pastor Matt and Mary, as they're expecting their, their baby boy as well. And uh, so we're going to have two hoodlums running around the church come April. So, uh, well, not April. I guess they won't be running around in April, right? Like, clearly I'm a new parent. I guess it'll be more like July, August. But anyhow, um, you'll... Uh, you have two, two brat pastor's kids, right? Like, that's, that's what I was. I was a brat pastor's kid, so it's okay. So, hey, watch it. Um, well, here we are in Romans 8. Back to Scripture. This is getting out of control. Back to Scripture. Here we are in Romans 8. And, uh, you know, it's been great being in this series over the past few months. And uh, it's been awesome to see what God is doing in my life, how God has challenged me, how God has encouraged me through his word, and, and looking for what God is going to do in and through this series as we continue to unpack the foundations of the Christian faith. And um, so we're in Romans 8 this morning, and if you've been with us, you know that we've been in Romans 8 for a couple of weeks now. And in the first week of Romans 8, uh, Andy spoke, and he talked about, uh, we're talking about walking in the Spirit and how um, we're walking in the Spirit, we have new life. And that's what Andy spoke about in week one of chapter 8. Last week, Pastor Matt spoke about the new family that we have from, ha- from walking in the Spirit. And um, and how we have a, have a new family dynamic because of the spirit that is inside of us. And, and this week, we're going to talk about how walking in the spirit gives us a new hope, or gives us hope, gives us a new hope. So walking in the spirit gives us a new hope. And so we're going we're gonna to read from Romans, Romans 8, uh, verses 18 to 30. And um, <laughs> it's a big portion of scripture, but I want to read it all at one time together because we're going to go back and pull out a few pieces through it, but I want you to be able to see it in context. Does that make sense? So we're going to read the whole thing, whole thing together. So fasten your seatbelts. We're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. So Romans 8, 18 to 30. And, um, and so beginning in verse 18, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that 
the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for your word that has been penetrating in my heart this week. And Lord, I just pray that um, as we explore the scripture together this morning, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to, to hear and, and to understand what, what you have for us this morning. God, let us be able to hear your spirit, what your spirit is speaking to us this morning. Lord, and I pray also, Lord, that you would give us hands to be able to be obedient to what your word says. And God, we, we give you this morning, would you calm my nerves and let me speak clearly. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Walking in the Spirit gives us new hope. Walking in the Spirit gives us new hope. So when we say walking in the Spirit gives us new hope, what is that new hope? And when we look at the Scripture, I think that Paul addresses what new hope is. Maybe not exactly clearly in these verses. But he says in verse 24 and 25, he says, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not, ha- do not yet have, we wait patiently. So he says it's something that we don't have, right? This hope is something that we don't have yet. So it's, it's something that's coming. This hope gives us, maybe this hope is, is, is gives us a different perspective because we're waiting, you know, he says it's something that we wait patiently for. And, and I think about this, you know, if we think about something that we hope for, right, if we're hoping for something or we're anticipating something, it changes the way maybe that we perform in life or like what we do in life or how we view life, right? Like, so, so Christy and I are expecting a baby in April, right? Like, if I would have known two, four, six years ago that April 2021 that we were going to be having a baby, like, it would change the way that I probably spent the last four, five, six 30 years of my life, right? Like, it may have changed the way that I prepared in my life. I probably wouldn't have spent money the way that maybe I spent money. I may have not have made decisions that I may have made, you know, maybe the, how, the way that I prioritized house projects well, may have looked differently over the past few years had I known that April 2021, we were going to be having a baby, right? See, we we're hoping for something, and it changes the perspective of how, I view, how we view life. It's the good and the bad. Now I'm patiently waiting for a baby in April right now, right? And what, my, what I prioritize has changed. The way I view life has changed. The way that we saved money over the past few months has been crazy. More money than what we've saved in probably our, our life. 
the house projects, right? They've changed from washing down the outside of the house to, to prioritizing getting a house ready for this baby. Everything that I do now is filtered through the lens of something that I'm hoping for, this new baby that is coming. So here's the future hope that should change the way that we live. And Pastor Paul talked about it this morning whenever he, he came up. It changes the way that we should view life as a, as a believer. It's the hope of the freedom and liberation that comes with the coming of Christ. It's the living hope that we sang about this morning in, in, in our service. And Paul here is, is addressing believers, people who have put their faith in Jesus. And Paul, Paul talks about this, this hope that is coming. And he shows us how we can see this hope in the, world that, in the world that we live in today. And so this morning, we're going to look at two types of hope. We're going to look at future hope, and we're going to look at present hope. Future hope. Future hope of what is to come. The coming of Christ. And, and we see this in this scripture when we see it in creation. Paul talks about it in verses 19. In verse 19, he says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. See, we live in a broken world, and it dates all the way back to to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. And, and, and we see this in Romans 5. We talked about this in Romans 5. that it says, Paul says that through one man, sin entered the world. And because of sin, suffering takes place in our lives, but it also takes place in creation. Sin causes separation between creation and its creator. And, its creator. and this subjected creation to frustration. You know, we might wonder why, you know, there's natural disasters, you know, like... Maybe famines, droughts, floods, ice storms. And these are all caused by sin that has separated creation from its creator. And it's caused creation to be frustrated. But the hope that we have is in verse 21. It says that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage of decay. That the very nature of creation will be redeemed and recreated. The hope that we have is seen that whenever Christ returns, if we as believers, when Christ returns, that we will see a new heaven and a new earth, that one day this earth is temporary, is going to pass away. We see this future hope in creation, that it's longing for a liberation from, from the bondage to decay. Freedom from sin is groaning for the day of redemption, the day of respiration. And I think that oftentimes that we can't. We have a hard time comprehending this. We have a hard time comprehending life outside of a broken world. You and I, we've only ever lived in a broken world, right? We can see in Scripture what the world may have looked like. We see glimpses of what it's going to look like on the day when Christ returns. But I think we have a hard time understanding or comprehending what life outside of the broken world, what this is going to look like. And so there's a picture that I think of whenever I was, when I was prepping. This is the image that, that came to me, is right now, every one of us have a hope that springtime is coming, right? This morning, it was nice and cold outside. We, we have a hope that spring is right around the corner. 
Now, I know this isn't deep, or maybe it's not, a super spir- not as spiritual as the redemption of creation, right? When the new heavens and the new earth will be created. But, but there's just a picture of what is right around the corner. And when I read this, I, I think about the transition from winter to sunny springtime. Right? That it's a glimpse of what the redeemed earth may look like. New life is sprouting. Plants begin to bloom. It's a hope for what is coming. Hope for today that the cold is going to be going away, that the weather is going to change. Snow is pretty, but winter reminds me of, of maybe like a decaying world. You know, trees with no leaves, brown grass in your backyard, if you can see it. Cold is not pretty. Winter reminds me of that. But in the dead of winter, it may not even seem like spring is right around the corner. This morning at 6 a.m. when it was 14 degrees, it didn't remind me that spring was right around the corner, right? But it's a hope that I have that spring is coming. And this is what this new world is, this, this new heavens and a new earth, this hope that we have in the future, for the future. Springtime is coming. Liberation is coming. Restoration is coming. The new hope that we have is that the earth will be redeemed. Because of the spirit that is inside of us, we get to participate in that redemption. We see future hope in creation that is longing, creation that is longing for liberation from decay, freedom from bondage of sin, groaning in anticipation, hoping for the day of redemption, the day when everything will be restored and made perfect. I think Paul also shows us here that that this future hope that we have is not just seen in creation, but it's seen in all of God's creation, including us as believers. Future hope is seen in believers. When we look in verse 23, it says, Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly, eagerly awaiting for, eagerly waiting for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. We groan in, inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption of sonship. So within a groaning creation, right, inside of a creation that is, that is separated from its creator, there is a groaning church, if you were to think about it. There's a groaning body of believers, those who are in Christ, those who have made a decision to follow Christ. And we also wait this, await this new hope, this future hope that we have. If we look back at Romans 8.17, it says, Now if we are God's children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. And then we move straight into verse 18. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We are co-heirs with Christ. The glory that will be revealed on the day with, when Jesus returns, that is the hope that we have as believers. That's the hope that we have as those who have put our faith in Jesus, who have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Paul says that the temporary suffering that we experience in this world is nothing compared to the inheritance that we have as adopted children of God. It's the same liberation that creation is going to experience, we get to experience. The freedom from sin and the freedom from a broken world. It's the promise of eternal life promise of redeemed bodies. Our decaying bodies are only temporary. Paul says that we groan inwardly as we eagerly await. And I, I, I wonder, like, why does Paul say that, that we groan inwardly? Why does he say that? 
Well, we groan because of the separation that we have from, the, from God, caused by a broken world, caused by sin. We groan because of the, maybe the suffering that we endure as we await the redemption, of, uh, the redemption of our bodies, the trials that we walk through in life. Many of you guys know, if you're here this morning, our bodies are getting older, right? Like, I turned 34 at the beginning of this month. Like, I'm not that old, I get that. But I don't feel 30 anymore, guys. I don't feel 30 anymore. And some of us may groan louder than others, right? Some of us may groan louder than others. But it's caused by the separation between us and God because sin of this broken world that we live in. And we're waiting in anticipation, in hope for the day that we are reunited with Christ. What we walk through in this broken world is just a light and momentary affliction, Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Our present sufferings do not compare to the glory that will be revealed. Just as creation, we too will be liberated from the bondage of decay and, and the suffering in our lives. And this is foundational for us to be rooted in. We use, the, we use the word rooted. It's foundational for us to be rooted in. Because whenever we see this future hope, when we see this hope that, that we have as believers, it, it changes, like I talked about in the beginning, the way that we view all of life. Whenever we view all of life through that lens, it changes the way that we walk through maybe our situations, through our, through, through our trials, through our good times and our bad times. And if you remember back in December, Christy and I shared a story of walking through suffering. And I can tell you that when you're walking through a broken world, you're going to walk through trials. You're going to walk through bad things. You're going to walk through stuff in your life that, that doesn't always seem like you can see the end, right? It doesn't always seem like a light and momentary affliction that Paul talks about. It doesn't always seem like, like something that is, that is small. But we know that this, because of the hope that we have, because of the spirit inside of us, we know that it's just a temporary just a temporary moment, that it's not permanent. And this is one of the keys that walked Chrissy and I through our journey, that, that what we're walking through is not just, is not permanent. It's just a temporary, it's just temporary. That we have a future hope that we are going to be liberated and we're going to spend eternity in the presence of God. And maybe you're here this morning, it doesn't, maybe you're saying, oh, it doesn't take the pain and hurt away. You're right. But when we remember that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are sons and daughters of the king, that means that we have an inheritance that is coming. The inheritance is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit inside of us. And this, he says this in, Paul says this in Ephesians 1. He says the Holy Spirit is a deposit given to every believer, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in Christ. See, when there's a deposit made, it, it, it means that what we have now is not everything. It's not, it's not everything. When we make, a deposit, you know, we make a deposit on a car, right? Like, it doesn't mean that I own the car. I, I may have a, a set of keys to the car, but it isn't mine. All I did by making the deposit was putting my name on it, guaranteeing that, that it is mine. And, when the, and that's what the Holy Spirit has done for us. He has given us a deposit. The Holy Spirit inside of us is just a deposit of what we have to look forward to. We have a new hope because the Holy Spirit that one day we will receive an inheritance when we will be with Christ in a perfect place in a sinless, glorified body. We are children of God. Yes, we will walk through, walk through difficult times. You're right, the road doesn't always seem to be easy. 
We will have disappointments, but we are in a family, and we are in the lineage of the King of Kings. And verse 24 says this. It says, for in this hope we were saved. If you've given your life to Christ, this is the hope that you have in the midst of what you may be walking through in this world. See, Paul talks about this future hope. And we, we can see it in creation, in the creation groaning, and, and we can see it in, in us as believers. Future hope to be liberated from this decay of, of creation and a bondage to the sinful, broken world, and to be given an inheritance as children of God. This is the future hope of what is to come. And I think at times that we have a hard time understanding this, this, this picture. We see it in Scripture. And Paul says in verse 18, you know, says that we are walking through this in this present What we're walking through in this present time is not worth, com- worth comparing to what is to come. That it's nothing. What we're walking through is nothing. And 1 Corinthians says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind can see, conceive the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But it goes on to say that these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. When we're walking in the spirit of, when we're walking in the spirit of God, and this, it points us, the Holy Spirit points us towards our future hope of what is to come. See, the spirit that's inside of us understands and he knows what that future hope is. He knows what it'll be like. And I think for many of us, you know, you might be here in this room this morning saying, so what, Pastor Rob? Like, what does that mean? What about here and now? You talk about this future hope. I'm a believer. I know I have an inheritance. You talked about, you know, we are, last week, we, have, we are a son and daughter of the king. I know that I've given my life to Christ, so I'm going to be redeemed, and I'm going to be restored, and I'm going to be able to spend eternity with Christ. And you're right, Pastor Rob, like I'm looking forward to, to the day when my body is redeemed, whenever this broken world is, is in, in, with sin is, is, is taken away and redeemed into a new heavens and a new earth. But what about where I am today? What about what I'm walking through today? And I think that Paul here doesn't only address a future hope, but he also addresses a present hope. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't just give us a future hope, but he gives us a present hope, hope for today. And I believe that we see this in the next piece of Scripture when it says, when we're seen through the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf. As we're walking through this sinful, broken, decaying world that Paul talks about, the Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. It says that, and he's, he's working on your behalf. In verse 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what, what we ought to pray for, the Spirit of God himself intercedes through wordless groans. Paul uses that word, wordless groans, to mirror what creation is doing. The Spirit inside of us is longing for the day for this future hope when Christ returns. But I also believe the groaning inside of us is an indication that the Spirit of God understands what we're walking through in this, in this moment. Today, if we talk about suffering and we look across the church body, there's more people walking through maybe difficult circumstances than those who maybe, maybe aren't. Maybe it's sickness, relationships, job situations, hardships. We need to know that we have a present hope because of the Spirit of God that's inside of us that is, helps us in our weaknesses, that he intercedes for us 
on our behalf. We go on in verse 27, it says, and, the, and he who searches the hearts knows, searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the Spirit prays the will of God in our lives, that the purpose of what we're walking through will be used to accomplish God's good purpose, not according to our will, but according to his will. And oftentimes, when we're walking through life, we don't always see that future hope. We don't always have that future hope. We don't always focus on that super future hope. Because when we're walking through a situation in this broken world, we only see one piece of the puzzle. We may only see one piece. I don't know if you guys can see this little piece, little piece of the puzzle, right? It's a little puzzle piece. We only see maybe the here and now. Our flesh, right, in ourselves, may be limited. But it's the Spirit of God who search who searches our hearts knows the whole end result. He knows the whole picture. He sees the whole picture. He knows the end result. And maybe the whole picture would look like this. This is just a piece of the puzzle. But the Spirit of God knows. He can see and he knows the future hope that we have as believers. We can have confidence that we are not doing this alone that the Spirit of God is inside of us because the Spirit of God is pointing us towards the future hope, preparing us for the future hope that we have on the day of redemption. We see a present hope through the Holy Spirit helping us and interceding for us. I believe that we also see a present hope through, through the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is using all things to make us look more like Jesus. And we look at one of the most famous scriptures in all of, I think I hear the scripture all the time, Romans 8.28. We see it on billboards. We see it on t-shirts. And it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's what we usually see. We usually see that scripture all over the place. And most of us stop right there. But what about the next verse that says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son. To be conformed into the image of his Son. That's the purpose. The Holy Spirit's purpose in all things is to, to help us look more like Jesus. Creation is groaning on, on, to look more like Jesus. We, our spirit inside of us, are groaning on our behalf to look more like Jesus. Can God give us better circumstances? Absolutely, sure. But I don't believe it's about giving us better circumstances as it is about making a better you through our circumstances, a person more like Jesus. See, the future hope is that we have been adopted by God, that we are heirs, we are co-heirs with Christ, and we get to share in his glory. And the Spirit inside of us testifies that we are God's children. And the Holy Spirit is using our current situation to point us and make us look more like Jesus, to point us towards that future hope. The Holy Spirit gives us a desire to want to look more like Jesus, to, to want to prepare to be ready for that future hope. And I don't know about you, but I remember as a kid, like, I always wanted to look like my dad, right? I always wanted to do what my dad did, and um, in every way, right? So I remember putting on his big shoes, right, and falling around the living room, Right, or putting on his glasses and not being able to see. Um, 
I want to do what he did. I even remember that as a kid, my dad had like this fake razor, like a safety razor that he gave me to, to shave whenever he would shave. And clearly, I didn't learn anything from that. But <laughs> he worked at a car lot, right? And I always wanted to be around cars and go to his work. He, he preached. I wanted to preach like my dad preached, right? I wanted, to, I wanted to speak and preach like he did. See, we are adopted as children of God, and it's the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us that same desire to want to look more like Jesus. In every moment, the Holy Spirit is working towards a purpose of making us look more like Jesus. And, and you know, maybe it's that painful chapter in your life, that illness, job loss, the bad, the bad times, or in the good times, the new baby, the job promotion, the new house. All things we walk through in life are used towards the purpose of shaping us to the image of Christ, and I believe that there will be one day, if you submit your life to Christ, that you'll, you'll look back at all of your life, the good situations and the bad, and you'll realize, and maybe you can look back now at the, 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 the markers in your life of where God has used some situations to mold you to look more like Jesus, to prepare you for, for, what, for, the, for the redemption that is going to take place. So when you're walking through tough situations, you're walking through tough times, instead of only asking God to take us out of the trouble, ask him what we should get out of the trouble. It's a different perspective. This is the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we realize the new hope that we have, this is a new perspective that he's helping us to shape and to, to hold on to. Psalm 23 says, when we walk through the valley, we have hope that the Holy Spirit uses everything to make us look more like Jesus even in the valley. So this morning we looked at, we have a future hope of what is to come, the promise of the inheritance that we see in creation, we see inside of us as believers. But we also have a present hope, hope for today in this broken world, seen through the Holy Spirit helping us and interceding for us, praying God's will on our behalf, seen through help seen through using the Holy Spirit to make us look more like Jesus, help us look more like Jesus. And I believe, lastly, we see this present hope in the promise that God will, God will finish what he starts. What he starts, he will finish. And we see that in verse 29 and 30. It says, For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Predestined, right? The P word, right? Like if you study theology, like it's like it's like a huge like red flag sometimes. But Paul doesn't bring up predestined to start a theological argument. I believe here that he's trying to give an assurance, an assurance of what we have. When we look at the next verse, when we look at verse 30, it says, And those he predestined, he called, those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. I believe Paul is saying here, I know that sometimes in this broken world you feel like you're barely holding on. But have this assurance. Have this assurance that the work that the Holy Spirit started in you, he will finish. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to be glorified. If you've given your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, and you're going to be glorified. It's a promise that what he starts, he will finish. And we see this in, in, in Paul's writings in Philippians. He says that, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So when you feel like you're barely holding on, you feel like you're struggling walking through a broken world, 
Know that he is holding on to you. Be assured that he is holding on to you. I believe that God didn't choose us, right, because of our righteousness. He chose us because of his love for us. And, he didn't, and if he didn't choose us because of our righteousness, he's not going to drop us because of a broken, brokenness in our world or the situations that we walk through or the suffering that we walk through in, in this life. John 3.16 says, everybody might know this verse, that for God so loved the world, the whole world, that he sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus came into this world to provide redemption for all who believes in him, to adopt us as his children, and to redeem us and redeem to redeem us from a broken world. And he's coming again to redeem all of creation for eternity. And this is the promise that we have: that what he started. He will finish. I'm going to ask the worship team to come this morning. And as we, as we close, I want to recap what we've kind of talked about. That as a believer, you've given your life to Christ. We have a new hope because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. We have a future hope of what is to come because of the Holy Spirit that was given to us as a seal, guaranteeing our salvation. And we see that future hope revealed in creation because creation is longing to, to be reunited with its creator. We have the hope of the liberation that's going to take place when creation will be set free from the bondage of decay that the sin, that sin has created. We have the future hope revealed through the church, through us, through believers, that when Christ returns, we will be given our full inheritance as children of God, that our bodies will be redeemed and that we will have eternal life in the presence of God. That what we experience here in this world is just temporary. We also see the present hope for, for where we are today, the present hope for the circumstances that we're walking through. The Holy Spirit inside of us, helping us in our weaknesses, interceding on our behalf, praying God's will over us. And also seeing through the Holy Spirit, helping us look more like Jesus, preparing us for that day of redemption. In every circumstance, the good and the bad, he's using it to help us grow into the image of Christ. And then lastly, we see that present hope through the promise that what he starts, he will finish. That this broken world doesn't have the final word in my life. We have an assurance that he will keep his promises. And this morning, I, I don't know where everyone is in this room, or maybe you're watching online this morning. I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, right? Because what we talked about this morning, the hope that we have, Paul is, is geared towards those who have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the hopelessness of your pain in this broken world without Christ is something that I would want to encourage you to take seriously. Paul explains it like this. He says, for those who are in Christ, our cries of suffering are like labor pains. 
You know, if you're in the hospital and you hear screams of pain coming from the maternity ward, we rejoice in that pain, right? Like we know that the pain is just temporary because it's producing new life. And that's what it's like walking through life with Christ. Yes, we walk through temporary pain, but we know that the reward, the inheritance is worth it. On the other hand, if you're in the hospital and you hear a cry coming from the cancer ward, someone on their deathbed, our perspective is completely different. It's hopelessness. Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And it's only through Jesus that we can have that new life and experience this hope that we talked about this morning. And so maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're watching online and I want to encourage you. Would you evaluate your life? Maybe you need to surrender your life to Christ this morning. Take that step of becoming a child of God, becoming coming into the family of believers. And I want to encourage you that it's not about the words that you say, but it's about the condition of your heart. And so if that's you, maybe this morning you would, you would pray a prayer that would invite Jesus to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you. Tell him that you want to be part of his family, that you want to have hope in this hopeless world. Maybe you're, in, maybe you're in this room this morning and, and you do have a relationship with Jesus. But you've been living life looking at one piece of the puzzle. You've been living life looking at just, you've been focused on maybe just the current situation. If this is you this morning, as we close this morning, we're going to spend some time, we're going to have some time that you can, you can spend here in this room praying. But I want to encourage you, listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking inside of you. If you're a believer this morning, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. I want to encourage you to open your ears. What is he speaking to you when you're looking at just a piece of the puzzle? It's when we listen to the Holy Spirit, when we pray, when we focus focus on the Word of God, that our perspective changes. And we're able to to let the Holy Spirit reveal the hope that we have, the full picture of what we're walking through. And point us towards the hope that we have. The Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the whole picture, the hope that we have in Him. We need to start walking life, church, instead of viewing life in just our current situation, but view life through the lens that we have of the future hope of what multiple pieces of the puzzle can look like, the future hope that we have and the inheritance that we have as children of God. And maybe lastly, you're here this morning and you're just walking through a a season of suffering and pain and you're blinded so much by what's currently going on, you can't even begin to understand the hope that we talked about this morning, the hope that we see in creation, that we see in ourselves. You can't see, you can't even understand the present hope that we have of the Holy Spirit 
praying on our behalf. Maybe you can't even see, and most of the times when we're walking through difficult situations, we can't even see how, is, how those situations are molding us to look more like Jesus. And this morning, maybe you just feel hopeless. Can I encourage you to stay strong? Because what God has started in you, he will finish. What God is going to do in your life may only be revealed in eternity. But this is the hope that we hold fast to that he is going to finish, the promise we hold fast to, that he is going to finish what he started. I would encourage you, look back over your life. Look at the markers of where God has been faithful in your life. And in a few moments, we're gonna sing one of my favorite hymns, and I just wanna read a couple of the verses to you. It says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Next verse says, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Strength for today, our present hope. Bright hope for tomorrow, our future hope. That is what is offered to us. And as the band plays and sings the song, I would encourage you, don't just maybe look at the words on the screen, but let's examine our lives. Do we walk through life seeing the hope that we have because of the Holy Spirit inside of us? Do we walk through life with hope that this world, this present time, this present suffering, this present things that we're walking through is just temporary because God is going to redeem all of creation. Or do we walk through life feeling hopeless? Let's remember this morning that we serve a faithful God and he will finish what he starts.